Support for 100 Watts and a Wire is brought to you by 100wattsandawire.com. To subscribe to the show, simply click the RSS feed or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. When you visit, apply for your free 100 Watts ID and learn how you can become a sustaining member. Click the Donate page and pick the option that works best for you. We've got a traveling toolkit, 100 Watts and Wire gear, and activity days with prizes. That's 100wattsandawire.com. And ICOM. Get out and get active with ICOM's new IC705 and its optional multifunction backpack. And BioNO Power, offering the best performance lithium iron phosphate batteries for your ham radios. Visit BioNOPower.com. That's B I O E N N O P O W E R.com. Or contact dealers nationwide. And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Welcome to 100 Watts and a Wire. I'm Christian. My call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. Joined by my friend and Elmer from the Pacific Northwest, Steve W7UDI. And we're just so happy now. I don't know if things have changed so much, but you're no longer the epicenter. And I think that's mostly because of population. But back in February, things were so dicey. And we were uh, exchanging messages, really, really concerned you know, because this new thing. And I didn't know that so much traffic went through Seattle and the Pacific Northwest that brought that virus to you. I was really surprised. When I think of you, I think of you out there in the country, lots of land and towers and snow. I don't think about COVID-19. How are things going out there for you now? I know the spotlight has shifted from New York into other hot spots. Can you describe what's happening now in Washington State? Oh, so far, so good. We're doing we're doing okay. We're uh, about 692 uh, deaths into COVID, and about a little over 12,000 on the positive tests. Uh, yeah, we were the spotlight in uh, February, and it was all this came down upon us, and we're like, oh, what the heck is going on? Well, most of that was concentrated in a couple of counties, which is the uh, the Seattle metro area. Uh, when you're thinking about open space, and that's where I'm at uh, here in Central Washington, so uh, we're a couple hours away from the uh, from the epicenter of Seattle. But uh, things have kind of settled down. They've flattened down a little bit. Uh, the numbers aren't uh, uh, climbing like they were in the very beginning. And uh, in my county alone, we're we're sitting at uh, 14 positives with uh, zero deaths. So so far, we're we're doing pretty good. Uh, Everyone's just trying to, you know, do their part and uh, social distance and uh, and just, you know, trying to be mindful of what's going on. Now, when you're in your meetings, you know, as a volunteer firefighter, when you're in your meetings and you're talking about, wow, there's new things, social distancing, how do you go about providing the service that you provide? I know you're not interacting with the public so much. They're not so excited to see you. I mean, when you're coming there, it's an emergency. Something's burning or... Or what have well, you? We're not doing any meetings. We're not doing any training right now. We've uh, kind of uh, stood back. We're doing some online training, but uh, we've reduced our um, in-person training for the time being. We're basically taking a break. And um, 
but we still come together and we still do our calls like we're supposed to. And uh, but even on our calls, we're trying to be mindful of uh, kind of keeping a break uh, between us and uh, some distance. Kind of try to show the public that uh, you know we're we're not exempt from the uh, social distancing. So we've been doing it. Uh, we have some protocols that we put into place into the stations. Uh, a number of our uh, stations have been uh, deep cleaned and going to be, and and our you know, our training rooms, our day rooms as we call them, have been off limits uh, for us after being deep cleaned, and we're going to use them in case one of us has to quarantine. We will be quarantined in in one of the fire stations. That's you know the unmanned fire stations uh, for the two weeks. So there's a lot of preparatory work that we're doing. I got a email on Sunday. Many people know that Steve's a net control manager. He's a net control operator. You hear him a little bit later in the net on 40 meters or 80, depending what time, what season we're in. Where the hell is Steve? Where's UDI? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, he's, yeah. Well, well, it just so happens. I got a text from him. He's going out because a plane crashed. And then, uh, so you were gone. You got back later in the evening. And when you came back, I was shocked. Shocked to find out that the plane crashed and and no one died. What what was up with that? Yeah, we were just How does amazed that too. <laughs> it it happens. And uh it was one of those they were they were flying over and did a low flyby, a low and slow, over a uh, private airstrip about ten miles south of here. And um were attempting to to pull out, and they they claimed they couldn't gain any altitude, so they kind of uh, kind of did a hard landing on the hillside, and the aircraft uh, flipped over, but they were able to walk away. The three three souls that were on board, and and uh, we took one to the hospital for precaution. And other than that, it was a uh, it was a good landing. They walked away from it. I mean, you don't hear about stuff like this. And and Steve's so matter-of-fact about it, because I guess you've seen this happen before. I just haven't. Being a city kid who's now in the country, we don't see these sorts of things. And he's like, yeah, you know, everybody's okay. We sent one to the hospitals. The net's still going. <laughs> <laughs> I get back, get on text, and it's like, are we still going? And still going? Uh, actually got on the air a little bit. So I'm like, wait a minute. You were at a plane crash. Tell me about that. <laughs> but we talked about how many things have changed in life and, and it's, you know, it's just all around us. And I've, I've turned the TV off. I don't do it anymore. I like to read and I get my information from the, uh, you know, from the source itself. And, and I've noticed, and last week I talked about it a little bit on the show, how things are different now. You know, we've, it's so great to hear so many voices on the air. I mean, the nets, our nets always do a good job, but I mean, you hear new people calling in and checking in and you hear a lot more people during the day and also they're now doing their meetings uh and you've been in the game for a long time now 40 plus years a brand new day here talk to me a little bit about clubs and how we're how we're staying connected how amateur radio and how COVID 19 has affected us maybe for the better I think it's going to, you know, give us options. And uh, as a as a group of people, we're pretty resistant on change until we're forced into it. And so, what has happened now that I'm seeing is that hey, we got Zoom, we got Skype, we got some other uh, internet-based uh, solutions to help us have a meeting. And um, 
And then it was like, well, let's do, we have these repeaters. Well, let's do a meeting on the air. And uh, there's groups doing that. And so there's some out-of-the-box thinking, which is great. It's, you know, we're, clubs are adapting, they're overcoming and moving on, and which is awesome. And that's what we need to do. You know, it really is an inspiring time. I mean, I think what's going to happen is we're wait wait till we can get together and have a hug again. You know, you know. I think I'm off of though. I think I'm off of handshakes altogether. But imagine the day when you see your old buddies again and you hug it out. You hug it out. You have. You know. I know it's terrible. It goes against everything that's coming out against. But one day, you know, we'll all be back together again. And it'll be a nice thing. I noticed that with my uh, my regular work. We've been home for about a month now. And we're just feeling really grateful, really blessed to even have a job. And staying paid is the big deal right now. Everybody just wants to stay paid. The numbers of unemployment are through the roof because of this. And people are hurting. Mm-hmm. So we're really just happy. So the point being is we're all trying to do things from home as a team and i'm thinking this just feels like a team you put aside all the the petty little things you know that you go oh ugh, that one ugh. look at that <laughs> stupid hat you know these goofy things and you feel like wow there's a lot of people pulling together and if we all pull together in the same direction at some point we're going to be okay. Am I right, Steve, or am I just a dreamer? Am I, like, am I going John Lennon on you? No, we're going to be good. We're, we're going to come out better, stronger, and, uh, and hopefully that we're going to be more open-minded on things if we want to try different things and let's go for it and, and move forward. And uh, overall, I think it's going to be a, a good thing in the end, but it's been great to hear a lot of new people on the air. I've been just having a blast chatting with uh, new folks, getting their stations set up, borrowing people, loaning equipment, and letting other guys uh, get on the air. It's been great. Yeah, it is inspiring. And I've, I don't know about you, but I and uh, a lot of the two-meter nets, they're doing these sort of health and wellness nets. There's one that happens here in Illinois, just across the water here. Uh, and it's a health... I don't know what they're calling it. There's a shelter-in-place net. There's several different two-meter nets, and they are jumping, man. 50, 60 people, you know, and they're just simple check-ins like, yep, doing okay here. And uh, we have to remember, you know, some people, this is a great way to just stay connected. We need, as humans, be connected in some way. But there Mm -hmm. could be some people that we don't know who are older who may not be getting what they need, whether that's food or, or whatever, and so these two-meter nets are really cool uh, for that sort of thing. So I'd say keep it up, and if you can start one in your area, go ahead and try it. We're going to take a break here, and we'll come back. Steve's got a good idea. He was been thinking about field day. We'll talk about that next. The Kilo Station again, again, again. Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. You're 5'9". Right. The ICOM 705 is your perfect QRP companion as you have base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers. But it's in a portable package covering HF, 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at 1 kilo or just over 2 pounds. With RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. 
It's got that large 4.3 inch color touchscreen with live band scope and waterfall. And the perfect accessory for the IC705 is the optional backpack. It's the LC192. It has a special compartment for the IC705 and room for accessories for soda activations or just a day in the park. Visit icomamerica.com amateur for more information on all ICOM radios. Made in America, shared worldwide. This is 100 watts and a wire. You have the perfect face for radio. All right, welcome back, friends. Uh, we were talking a little bit about the two-meter nets and things cropping up and the sense of community that we all have, and maybe it'll expand. I didn't even get on a rant about 80 meters and the good old boys that you can never seem to crack the code to be the new guy, and if they do, they're going to break your stones for at least the first 12 years, and then you'll be accepted when another guy has enough courage to get in there so maybe this will be a, a way that we can uh, open things up and meet some new friends and and uh, get some new people interested in the hobby. You know, the tune-up's coming up. Steve was telling me, you know, there's, you know, June's coming up and we're kind of looking ahead and he's looking ahead specifically at um, field day. And we're so used to gathering with our friends and our clubs. And uh, so how do you see this panning out, Steve? You know, when we talk about the tune-up, that's a little different. And the way we do it is kind of every man person for themselves. You kind of go out and set up. You test your antennas, do this or that. Usually by yourself, you, you, you're not limited by that. But it gets us ready for field day just in case you're the potato gun launcher and you want to test your antenna and you can't do it on field day, you know. So field day, though... You know, you're getting dozens of people through the weekend over this, you know, 24-hour period. How do you see it going down this year, Steve? Uh, what are your thoughts on the effects of COVID and um, possible solutions, if you have any? Well, I, you know, I've been kind of thinking about it, uh, as I was telling you earlier. Uh, I am kind of getting the feeling that, like, like for us here in Washington, we might be going for another another four weeks, uh, probably to the end of May, and other parts of the country are probably going to go into into June, as the way it's starting to look r right now. So if it goes into June, then you know we got field day towards the end of June. Well, how that how is that going to impact everything? No gatherings uh, with large crowds. So I was just kind of you know mulling it through my head uh, one one night and I went wait a minute here some of these uh, contests uh, they have clubs that uh, participate but they don't all get together at their club station or whatever it's the members of the club of a you know XYZ DX Association gets together and has maybe 10 or 15 members that can participate in a particular contest and then they take all their scores and they combine it and then they uh, submit it as a as a group uh, score and I'm like oh, wait a minute maybe that might work in the in field day now this you know field day is kind of run by the ARRL and I'm nobody from the ARRL other than a, a member but what happens if they turn around and just say let's create a class and we'll just call it the Zulu class so you have ABC and have uh, clubs that uh, have maybe normally they put up two transmitters or four transmitters, whatever they have. 
but get, say, maybe a half a dozen or a dozen club members. And the whole purpose is that you participate in field day from your home with the caveat of that you set up portable antenna out in your yard or, or wherever you're operating. This way you can kind of keep the social distancing and keep everybody happy. Plus, but you can still participate as a club and then you just, you know, all the members in the club will then turn around and so they would combine the score and send it off and it would be a, another category that um, the, the ARRL can use. And so I kind of started thinking a little more to keep on going. It's like, well, how can we test this out? And then I started going, thinking, oh, by the way, we got the spring tune-up coming up. What a great place to do that. So if members of this community, if, you know, two or three of you want to get together as a little group and uh, you each uh, operate from your respective QTHs, set up a portable antenna outside, and off you go. And uh, when, you, when it's all said and done, you guys combine your scores together. If it's two or three of you, you combine it all together and then submit it and uh, go from there. So it's kind of, this is kind of the out-of-the-box thinking I'm kind of trying to encourage. And that way we can, you know, do something different and adapt and overcome and move on. Yeah, I think the ARRL has several things to work through. And, I mean, this is the biggest amateur radio event of them all. And I don't know, maybe I need to talk to our contacts there and see if these discussions have started taking place. I imagine they need to, but I imagine there's also uh, some worry about funding and money and, and funding and money in the same situation. But I mean, donations, subscriptions, uh, personnel, all these sorts of things. But this is the biggest one of all. And I like the idea Naturally, Steve and I, although he's a, a trained uh, firefighter, uh, we don't know, none of us know much about this COVID uh, beyond what we hear endlessly. So, uh, you know, you've got to be safe, of course, getting out there and do what just, you know, within the restrictions of whatever, how you're living, you're supposed to just be safe, of course. But I would love to get together in a small group. I can't wait. Remember the days, it seems like just January, and it was because we're so <laughs> close to this thing, where it was like groups of 50, anything more than 50, and then the concert started, your Pearl Jams pulled out, then then it got down to like 10, then it got down to like six or whatever it was, and then it was like, get in your house, get in the house. I look forward to those days where a couple of buddies can get together or more, and just safely put up an antenna and have a good time again. I, I agree with you. I think we're going to go deeper into June. We don't know where it is at the moment. You know, we don't know where all the, you know, all we hear about now is the testing. But more than that, I think we need the data, the data that will, will tell us who's been tested, where it is, what demographics, who, who are these people taking what medications, heart, so the treatments can start to to make some sense so the data i think is a big deal and i agree i think you know by june i think maybe it'll open up a little bit more in certain places i know there's ambition coming out of the white house to do it sooner but even that pumped the brakes a little bit yesterday it was like whoa, whoa don't don't you know so it's kind of like that and then there's the uh they're talking about autumn you know talking about fall 
Um, well, uh, even so- if even if the switch, just for example, got thrown at June first, and it was like, okay, we're all back to normal. Most people are going to say, ah, we're not ready. There was a poll that I saw here just the other day, and it's like 70% of the poll respondents said that even if the restrictions were lifted, they were going to take a cautious approach to the whole thing. So even if it was lifted by June, we might not get the number of people coming out and wanting to do a field day, you know, co-located together. And uh, so let's have another option so that people can still participate in it and be part of it and uh, and learn something by putting up, you know, portable antennas out of your house. If you've never done it before, go ahead, string one up if you can. You don't have to have a mast or whatever. You can string up a another antenna at your at your your QTH other than your main antenna that you would use at your house and that would be the stipulation that I'm you know kind of envisioning on all this so it's like you and I could actually be on the same team unless you're thinking a little bit closer but you and I could agree yeah. that we're on a team we're going to bring in Ian we'll bring in the other Ian and the other Ian we know three Ians for Pete's sakes never in my whole life until ham radio and I, <laughs> that I know three Ians <laughs> Uh, but say that's the team. Is that what you have in mind that exactly. they're going to put you up something? You don't even have don't to be in the same to, neighborhood. Exactly. You don't have to be within the same geographical area. It's just whoever. It could be your, you know, you, me, Ian, 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 and Joe, and the, just a group of us. And we get out. We as long as we put up portable antennas and we operate, and then we combine our scores, and here we are. I like it. I'm thinking through it now, and I want to. I know we have a. A few people who are with the league in 100 Watts and a Wire, I do believe a couple listen. I know for sure Rhea listens uh, out in New Jersey. So if you hear this, Rhea, and it makes some sense and rings a bell, you know, um, she's in a position as a one of the directors to, you know, make something happen, maybe. I know they're thinking, and if, and if, if this doesn't work, I would do it with you anyway. I would do it anyway, and it's interesting to think about potential, would you get a vanity call for the weekend you know and then you know we put a team together and uh we call from a certain whatever and uh yeah. it'd have to be I mean, like w3 ians or whatever it is <laughs> w3 i because we know so many i like this we'll take a short break we'll come back and maybe flush this out it's got a lot of potential we'll uh explore it next you're listening to 100 watts and a wire Did you know that Nuts and Volts has the highest readership of magazines specifically written for the electronics community? For over 40 years, Nuts and Volts magazine has been bringing microcontroller and electronics projects to hobbyists, engineers, technicians, and experimenters around the world. Every issue is full of the latest technology, electronics theory, analog circuit design, robotics, home automation, communications, and more. Join the Nuts and Volts community and become a member today. You get two years of the printed magazine and the online digital edition for only $49.95. You also receive full access to all web content with downloadable PDF files. Plus, the e-newsletter filled with popular projects from past issues. Go right now to NutsVolts.com to subscribe. That's two years of Nuts and Volts magazine printed on paper and delivered to your door for only $49.95. Go to NutsVolts.com today to subscribe. Nuts and Volts magazine. There's more to build with Nuts and Volts. Kilo Zero, Stairway to Heaven, returning. Don't you know 
any other goddamn tune. All right, welcome back. In the short break we had, just brainstorming ideas, putting the team together, possible uh, point systems. Really, the sky's the limit, and people have really been doing this for a long time, could take the idea and just kind of run with it. But I've never thought about, and we should do this for the tune-up. So the tune-up's supposed to happen in June anyway. I don't have the dates pulled up, but I feel like it's June 9th, 10th, and 11th. And then field day sort of falls a week or two after that. So we could run this out and start putting teams together now. So you and I will be on a team. We'll, yeah. we'll figure out this team. And then no matter what the league does, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure out something. <laughs> and it can be like a rehearsal. It sounds like you're totally open to having them take this idea and run with it and maybe refine it. So we'll start the process and we'll dedicate this year's One Under Watson Wire tune-up. It's an activity weekend. We just get on the air and we'll, we'll dedicate it to portable operating. We'll get out there like we would in field day, uh, but in smaller groups that don't need to be together. Yeah, team op- it'd be a team operation, but each team member will be separated from each other. Separate but together mm-hmm. on the air. And we do this on Sunday nights, too, by the way. But we're, we're usually in our, our base, the comfort of a nice warm uh, shack. But I love the fact that uh, and you, could, you guys could figure out, here's the thing, Steve. How do you make it so it's fair? Do you keep it to 100 watts out in the field? Or do you make it, you know, because what happens on field day and the whole reason the tune-up and the fallout came to be was probably me coming to you going, it's not really fair when I can't run 1,500 watts out from my tree. I couldn't even set up a position on a frequency back on field day. I love field day. This isn't a bash on that. But everybody's running different power. Yeah, typically on field day, most people are going to run 100 watts because of their power uh, situation. It's either batteries or or generator. So um, we'll leave it at that for the tune-up. Let's leave it at 100 watts. And your antenna has to be portable. And you can operate from inside your shack, but you can't use your normal uh, main antennas that you have. So in my case, I can't use, uh, if I'm on 40 meters I can't or 75, I can't use my double bazookas. And I can't use my beam, uh, other than, unless I take a beam and I set it up on a portable mast or something like that. So the, the whole idea is to set up a portable antenna system, and then just uh, if you want to operate outside uh, in June, which we probably will, set up a table or tent, then great. But if not, if it's raining or whatever, though, uh, or you just don't have the you have the equipment or the you know facilities to set that up then just operate from within your you know normal shack or in the house or the garage or whatever the whole idea is just the principle of it but the the key component is going to be portable antenna and we'll we'll limit it at uh, at 100 watts maybe we should limit the amount of people on a team too like maybe i mean you know up to like 5 or they're going to have to get cut in the categories which could get a mm-hmm. little dicey you know what i mean so yeah I don't know. We can think about this. We've got some a little bit of time to figure it out. And I'm I think seeing, we'll, you know, two or ahead. three would be, you know, groups of two or three, maybe four would be uh, probably ideal. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. That way everybody's on a pretty level playing field and you don't have 10 guys and girls out there kind of beating up on just three guys, you know, on a small <laughs> team somewhere. And who knows who will even get involved? You know what I'm saying? It could just be 
our small team, and we'll just see what we'll do. That's what we'll do, Steve. Our mindset should just be, we're going to do this. If you'd like to do it, you're welcome to do it. It'll be up on our tune-up. It'll be a, a little bit of a rehearsal for field day. And if they want to pick something up from this or if they're working on something cool, if not, we're going to put a team together. We're going to be on the air uh, that weekend. And that's what we'll do. And hopefully other people will join in and we'll work each other. And we'll, we'll, we got some things to flush out. But I got it. I understand where you're going with this. This is good. Earlier in the, an earlier segment, we talked about the changes in amateur radio and how this COVID-19 and the coronavirus has changed our world. Good because we're on the air. Good because we're around our families. Bad because of all the reasons you see day to day. Specifically to us, though, there are some really cool things that are going to happen. And Steve brought up one uh, before the show. And it happens during Hamvention. Steve, what, what did you find out? What's happening online? Well, what happened is, uh, so during normal Hamvention, uh, the Thursday before the, uh, the Hamvention weekend, there is Contest University that's put on uh, by Tim Duffy and, and gang. And uh, it's usually held at the Crown Plaza. It's an all-day event uh, of teaching and learning about, uh, uh, mainly it's kind of centered around contesting, but there's... Um, and you know operating and but a lot of technical um, information so that's an all-day event uh, with breakfast and lunch served well being that hamvention is uh, canceled this year contest university is going to they announced here this past week we're going to have an online session that's going to be free available to everybody and it's like well someone's going like well what does that mean to me you know, I'm not a contester. I don't get involved in it. It is the one of the best places to get some great information. Uh, I attended it one year, and it was awesome. I'm not a real big contester. I dabble in contests, but uh, for the most part, I I don't. But the information that was conveyed by these guys that are been in heavily involved in contesting the the tricks that they have learned not just from operating in the contest environment, but what they've done with their stations, their setups, they're laying out their, uh, their stations, the ergonomics of it, the, uh, their antennas, their um, maintenance of antennas, their tower systems, the, um, what they have learned over the years, the mistakes they have made. They teach you these um, freely. They just, you know, here's what, here's what I've done, and this is what I've learned, and it's a great opportunity to learn. I just went over the agenda real quick and one thing that stood out really you know right off the bat that applies to everybody is station grounding and antenna grounding that's going to be put on by ward silver awesome opportunity to um to learn on how to properly ground your station and it's free and if you can't make it on the thursday the 14th it will be available online a lot of the sessions and are have been videoed and available there's PDFs for the uh, for the documentation as far as the uh, the course books. It's a great opportunity to learn and and find out and just browse through it. You don't you don't have to be there all day, but there's going to be sessions that might pique your interest. And uh, here's a great opportunity to uh, you know to learn to learn from what you know some of the best operators that we have in the hobby here. 
Yeah, Ward Silver's got a huge brain. He's been on the show before. I think he's a great guy, and he lives. Uh, I could work him on Simplex around here. He's he's pretty close to me. I learned uh, through Tim Duffy and Contest University how to make a coax cable. You know, uh, the PL two fifty nines, and it was from a video that he did in um, Italy. I think you can find it on YouTube. But it, this program, Contest University, goes beyond. Dayton and it goes uh, around the world and this particular one in Italy he didn't even speak the language and he's uh he's showing you how to build this cable you know and how to solder and what to do and all this and I was like wow this is great the next year I went and like you said it's more technical these guys with these huge stations and girls by the way there's some major uh female contesters in the world they have to maintain these stations they're up on towers so there's a lot of technical things it's not just Here's how you call CQ. Here's how you log. It's not just that. So uh, this is a great opportunity. I'm glad it's still happening. It's still going to be put online. They'll stream it out in these mines. You just want access to these mines to learn. That's really um, the benefit. And it's free. It's free. It's a great program when you go there anyway. I mean, you get, like you said, you get the food, you get all the people, you see some of these rock stars from around the world, man. You see K3LR walking by, you think you just saw Fonzie. You're like, whoa, <laughs> look at that, K3LR. I mean, a million-dollar station right there, if not more. So a uh, good tip there, Steve. That's a great one. And, uh, you know, this virus, it's not going to keep us down. It's going to change things for a while or forever. But we're going to figure out new ways to, to keep pushing. Thank you, friend. Thanks for joining me. I, uh, I appreciate you. Anytime. You guys take care of yourselves and take care of each other. And by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise. To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.